Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, um, like to start off this podcast with a moment of silence for the tragedy that took place at a top supermarket with the mass shooting. Um, just a moment of silence right now before we start the podcast for the families and victims involved in this situation. And welcome back to Buff Up, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. And guys, I just hope that I can bring even a minute of peace to uh, someone hurt, um, involved with this tragedy. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know what else to say, but that I am absolutely heartbroken about it. I, um, I myself, you know, I... I lived in Central Florida when the Pulse shooting happened, and there's it's just a sense of numbness you uh, have to go through, and sometimes it, it just tends to come and go, even years after the situation occurred. Um, you know, and it's, it's tough to even talk about football today when there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of confusion, um, all because someone decided to do something so absolutely evil and selfish and um, here in Buffalo Rumblings on this podcast you know we absolutely just send all our prayers and our love to anyone involved Um, by some crazy way you're able to hear this you know I'm praying for you I'm hoping I'm hoping that you can find some healing some 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 solace in this situation um and we all stand with you in buffalo uh i know josh allen does Uh, he spoke out on twitter stefan diggs uh the entire organization the community we're obviously so tight-knit um i i live all the way out in the desert in las vegas and uh it still hits me so i i i definitely feel um you know for everyone in this situation it's it's tough tough to talk about (laughs) i don't even know what to talk about today i'm just thinking about this man it's it's tough and um you know but i'm gonna try my best um hopefully this helps uh ease your mind a little bit as we get into a new phase of the offseason in buffalo bills football but um yeah i mean um a lot of a lot of interesting things obviously um going on in this organization uh a lot of shifting parts as far as the personnel group goes with the running back situation. And I spoke last week upon how we're going to expand upon 
you know, several rooms that we have to talk about. Um, but yeah, um, we talked about the running backs last week and we, we got into, you know, the, the probability (laughs) and expectation of what is to come. But I I think that there's another phase we got to talk about here and it's the wide receiver room. And it's, it's almost as though it is an anomaly, right? Of, of how to classify what this group intends to do going into this season. The Bills are legitimately the Super Bowl favorites right now. And it's crazy that it's standing this way um, solely because of, obviously, I mean, they're coming off an amazing year. Obviously, a tough stretch here and there. But they finish the season off strong. They go and play lights out against Kansas City. Although Tyran Matthew was not playing, you have to admit that the execution was there offensively. Although the running game could have helped and it did not, the Bills went toe-to-toe with Andy Reid and his super confusing, amazing offense (laughs) that uh, basically just baffled the entire world with what they were able to do up against Josh Allen, who was playing absolutely out of his mind and you're just wondering what are we looking at going into this year where there there is no Emmanuel Sanders and there is no Cole Beasley so how in the hell are the Bills Super Bowl favorites well for one they are the they're coming into this next season with the number one defense didn't feel that way (laughs) the entire year but it goes to show you that a lot of defenses in the NFL were struggling regardless of what everyone's saying fans were in the stands you know, uh, definitely way more inclement weather than we have seen in latter years in Buffalo. A primetime situation where we saw that against, uh, obviously against New England. We saw that that, that cold weather play a factor uh, against the Bills and then for the Bills um, several times. So, and with the rain, you name it, right? So there, there's a lot of things to take into account with the perception. But the reason I'm funneling this wide to bring it closer is that the wide receiver room has a ton of pressure to perform this year. And if we're going to sit here and believe that someone's going to be able to just come in and fill the shoes of Cole Beasley, I'm going to sit here on my pulpit and say, it is not going to be that easy as far as thinking it's going to take just two, three weeks. This could be a situation where we're probably looking at the offense, especially without Brian Dayball now, having Ken Dorsey. We have zero tape of Ken Dorsey calling a game. He assisted, but he didn't call it. So let's get that straight before we start crowning the Bills as fans, right? There's a lot of expectation and, 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 and there's a lot that they need to execute upon. That third down situation for the Buffalo Bills, without Cole Beasley, would not get done 90% of the time. He was either doubled and single coverage went to Stephon Diggs to get it done, or some way, somehow, he slipped out and was able to sneak away with a third down, uh, first down there. And... I'm expecting Jamison Crowder to have 
a very strong vertical effect on this game, uh, you know, in, in, in games in the season. But I, I can't sit here and believe that he is absolutely going to be able to fill those shoes. Who I turn to instead is Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. The more I kept watching how he performed for Boise State, what they demanded out of him, they literally looked at him as a guy to get the job done when they needed it most. One of their, how we call them, superstars. A guy who is carrying the team into victory whenever they, they're, they're caught in a situation, they need someone to make a play. And at the NFL level now, right, we're looking at the situation at large is this. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver two. Gabe Davis, wide receiver. Excuse me, what am I saying? Stephon Diggs, wide receiver one. Gabe Davis, wide receiver two. Jamison Crowder, wide receiver three. Then you got Isaiah McKenzie. And backing up all four of those receivers is going to be Khalil Shakir and Isaiah Hodgins. The issue that the Bills have here is that they're going to have absolutely no choice but to try to figure out how to get these young guys involved in the offense early in the season, or they are going to struggle mightily later in the season. The difficulty with the whole situation, though, is the Bills start the season in Los Angeles on Thursday night football without Emmanuel Sanders, without Cole Beasley, and the only guaranteed piece they have in the wide receiver core who gets the job done is Stephon Diggs. I love Gabe Davis. I think that he is a player that has the potential to fill in Stephon Diggs' shoes. The issue is that it wasn't, it's not his fault. I'm not, I'm not sitting here and thinking he's incapable because it's his fault. I think that this offense throughout his development has not given him the green light to say, Hey, this game, you're, you're, you're WR2. <laughs> it always feels as though Gabe Davis is like the ace in the deck. Whenever all else fails, let's throw him in there and see what he can do. I don't like that. I never liked that. I felt that he should have been the one who has, who should have got crowned as the wide receiver too. bring in Emmanuel Sanders, like the Ferrari, um, you know, who's just like the luxury item. If you will, there's a lot of pressure on a, you know, aging wide receiver towards obviously the end of his career, not even in his prime to perform at a very high level to beat, if not the, the, the crowned Super Bowl champions at the time with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they were they're, they were still stacked last year, you name it, right? Um, and they, they were still in the favorite, Super Bowl favorite talk. And he performed well in Kansas City. I'm not going to sit here and say he wasn't. Issue that, that's going on now is that, I, I mean, guys, let's just sit here and be freaking real. The Bills do not, they're not crowning anyone at wide receiver two yet. That is the issue I have today. Just come out and say it. Stop tiptoeing or sign the veteran. There's a lot of pressure on this group to perform. 
Now, I don't like that they're they're just not going with the pieces, and, and it just feels as though they're they're relying on competition for that to come about. At the end of the day, competition is just as detrimental as opportunity. Just give a guy a shot, see what he does. You saw what Isaiah McKenzie did for crying out loud when his number was called for Cole Beasley in one game at New England. He played out of his freaking mind. Maybe the Bills need to start trusting their guys to get the job done versus playing a vanilla style type of uh, you know play calling and relying solely on Stephon Diggs to try to you know break one open. Like we can't do that anymore. John Brown's gone. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Cole Beasley is now gone. There is no one else we could trade for three first-round picks for DK Metcalf, or I don't know who the hell anyone else is looking for, but it's not going to happen in this climate. The wide receiver bubble is in full effect. And the Bills need to figure out who they are again now, which this is this is something that was looming when whenever they signed Emmanuel Sanders. Hell, I went into last season thinking, oh man, this is this is his chance. And, and if something goes wrong, we can just sign a veteran. But no. It, it's just, I'm frustrated, I'm excited, right? But um, I, I, if I'm going to be real, I think Gabe Davis fills the wide receiver to mold just fine. And I think Khalil Shakir is the guy that's going to definitely be able to fill Cole Beasley's shoes the best. He has he has the the attributes you look for to perform well on third down. The question is going to be how is he going to execute in a real life NFL game situation? The NFL they they get hit harder, they play faster, they're 10 times smarter. Than, than who Boise State was facing. <laughs> they read your hip movement. They read your head movement. They read your freaking ankles. Like, we'll see. As far as his, his in-game capability and, and what I saw from what he was doing in Boise State after taking some time, I think he could be a hell of a player. I think he's the closest player the Bills have ever gotten to what Robert Woods was to this team before he left. I stand on that. It just feels as though we're we're stuck in limbo in this room right now. And I am hoping that the debate is over. We're going to solely rely from this point forward on Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs to get the job done and, and, and we'll trust them. Instead of having to sign a veteran ever again to fill the void at wide receiver too. I think it's filled. The Bills just have to trust it, let it cement, and figure itself out, and rely this year. I want the Bills to run a stupid, awesome double tight end set. O.J. Howard and Dawson Knox can light the hell out of people up. We just have to let them do it. And we'll talk about the tight end room um, at large. Uh, we're going to combine that and another talk in the future. But as far as the wide receivers go, I, I think that this is where we stand, right? We know what Stephon Diggs can do. 
And the connection he has with Josh Allen is probably the most special we've ever seen since literally Jim Kelly and Andre Reed. Like, <laughs> we, we, if we thought that the Stevie Johnson and Ryan Fitzpatrick thing was special, I think this, this kick, this blows it out of the water. Like, what they're able to do together is, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, obviously because of Josh Allen's capabilities versus Ryan Fitzpatrick, not any knock to Stevie Johnson at all. It's just when you look at um, what the ceiling is for this team now, it's it's limitless. But we, we have to hope that the Bills can trust this team to gel and, and become a very cohesive young unit that can execute at a very high level. If you're going to tell me, though, that Oh, you know what? I don't trust them for 17 weeks before they get. I, they're, give Gabe Davis the shot, man, for 17 weeks. Stop cutting him short, lowballing him. I'm so sick of it. This talk about we need to find someone else to, 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 to help at that position. Like, just let him freaking loose and see how he does this year. Who cares? All right? Who cares? If, if, if we're struggling, Against the division, I totally understand. Like, if Miami blows us out of the water, or New England blows us out of the water because Gabe Davis can't execute, okay, then we'll worry about trying to sign someone else to help with that position. But right now, let the young man ball. We all know Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, there's no J.C. Jackson, right, to worry about uh, in the division. We, we know the, the key matchups that are coming up is what I'm, t- I'm trying to talk about. Number one is definitely going to Stephon Diggs. The number two cornerback, Gabe Davis, is just going to have to figure it out. He's a peacock. You got to let him fly. Okay. I <sighs> got that out of my system. Gabe, if you're listening, um, hopefully one day I can meet with you in Sanford. Yes, I know Sanford. I love Rabbit Foot Coffee. If they're still there, I hope. It's a, it's a their record company out there. The fishing out there is absolutely fantastic. I used to jam with the band, and I would literally drive over this super-duper long bridge. It was so beautiful and scenic. You're literally just going over this little area that has a combination of like uh, a lake house feel with like Everglade, Ever, Everglade vibes. It's super, super beautiful, super, super cool, and then have like this little trendy town in the center. I recommend anyone, if you're going to go to Orlando, Florida, Central Florida, go check it out. It's a neat little town. Um, kind of, kind of took me back and surprised me that he's, uh, kind of, kind of hunkered down there. It's pretty cool. And, um, yeah. So if you're listening and I hope you have a great year, Gabe, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I've been, uh, you know, pounding the table for you since last year began to, uh, well, let the peacock fly, man. I'm sick of this limbo at this position group just because this team wants to sign, you know, him, him or him or whatever. Like who cares if the bills are going to play well, they're going to execute well, then just let them grow. Like we're so stupid worried about a super bowl that we're nixing opportunities for the young guys on this team to grow. This is why I will also stand on the position of, I don't want to get rid of Singletary. We just need to have a speedy guy like James Cook get more opportunities throughout the year to open up the running game. That's it. David Singletary is not terrible for this team. 
And it's the same situation with Gabe Davis, like, and, 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 and the rest of the company in there, like they got to get these opportunities, man. Like if last year taught us anything, it's that signing a veteran, uh, wide receiver clearly doesn't get you over the hump. The AFC champions of last year had a rookie wide receiver and a second-year quarterback represent the AFC. Let the man do his thing and let these young guys get opportunities to make plays. You have Josh Allen. You have Stephon Diggs. Take the training wheels off this year and let's see what happens. In my opinion, this is not a Super Bowl or bust year. Do I believe the Bills can make the Super Bowl? Yes. But if history is showing us anything, it's that opportunity, right? Opportunity for players to get a chance. I'm talking about a legitimate chance, an entire year chance to figure it out. If you give them that, they will perform better and they will grow throughout the year and you have a better chance of knocking better teams off. Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes have been the Buffalo Bills kryptonite. Some way, some freaking how, the Kansas City Chiefs go 2-0 against them and go to the Super Bowl last year. Joe Burrow coming off of a torn ACL. Jamar Chase, rookie year. Give me a break. You can't make this up. So that's 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 literally where I stand with this wide receiver room. I think they have the capability to still be as explosive as we have seen them for for several years here. And you know, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to really understand that you know, in time we will see a cohesive unit. Nonetheless, as long as there is good communication with Ken Dorsey and company to Okay, these are the expectations. This is this is where we need to be by this year or this time of the year. We need to have we need to have executed this well by this point or else we can't hit our goals. Then then you know like, just bridge the gap there. And I think the Bills are going to be fine. It is a very critical um obvious uh, very critical position group to talk about because of the way the league is turning. But it almost feels like we're talking about the wide receivers. But now, teams are trying to run the football more effectively. Why? Because there are thinner bodies up front and at the linebacker position. Week one against the Rams. We're going to talk about more, you know, the, the primetime games and all that as week goes weeks go on. But... Week one against the Rams is the only thing the Bills need to be thinking about right now. Not Thanksgiving, nothing. Like, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, and Aaron Donald are going to be on the other side of the football. That's what the Bills have to be thinking about. Bills are opening up the season, baby. Amazing. Super excited. I know you guys are too. Um, look, 
If you're new to Buff Hub, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. I will never finish a podcast without also saying, so all the first responders and military out there, um, thank you for your service. Thank you for protecting our communities. Um, I salute you every day on this podcast. And guys, let's go Bills. Let's have a good week and stay strong out there.